your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blues, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, hockey fans, you need more hockey news? Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening throughout the NHL. You can subscribe and listen every day for a quick look at the biggest stories happening throughout the league. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get podcasts. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked On Wild, and I am joined by one of the Blues brothers today, host of <laughs> Locked On Blues, Tommy Welch. Tommy, how's it going? Not too shabby. Can't complain. Uh, I, I do wish the Blues would be uh, a little more adamant about moving a certain player, but uh, we could get into that a little bit later. But other than that, I'm sitting pretty right now. Yeah, we're just we're in full offseason mode. And um, as as you can tell, but not the listeners, I've got Vikings gear on. So I'm gearing up for another season of just devastating heartbreak. Um, <laughs> shout out to my guy, Luke Braun, locked on Vikings. Uh, he He's done it before, but uh, it every season it's like huge expectations that just get completely dashed by week four. So best of luck to uh, all of our locked-on NFL uh, compatriots as, uh, as they get further and uh, closer to their seasons. But off-season mode continues for both of us. So what we will do today is just a little bit of a crossover, some questions for each of us uh, about our respective teams, and then we'll meet in the middle at the end of the show to uh, take a look at kind of where we can expect each of our teams to slot in to the division and the conference uh, this season. So Tommy, let's, uh, let's put you in the hot seat first because I have some very, very heated blues questions to ask you. Okay. First off is of course, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. He was kind of the, the trade darling, of the early part of the offseason, there was thoughts that maybe he would get picked by Seattle in the expansion draft. That didn't happen. There were a lot of rumors that he would get traded um, right around the start of free agency. That didn't happen. Now it seems like maybe he's going to end up being on this roster to start the season. Give us the latest. What's going on with Vladimir Tarasenko? So it's kind of a double-edged sword for Doug Armstrong is as far as I can tell, because the last two years obviously have not been uh, the best to blues fans coming off Stanley cup final victory. Uh, You expect big things being in the Stanley cup window, Tom Stillman saying doubling down saying they're in a Stanley cup window, even after losing Petrangelo, Doug Armstrong saying the same thing. And at the end of last season, I think Braden Shen uh, at kind of the end of season press conferences was like, yeah, it's really hard to uh, develop a new identity with this core, with all these new guys coming in, Mike Hoffman, uh, and all of these guys that came in, Tory Krug, Justin Falk. Um, they haven't really had a chance to bond as a team yet because of the pandemic and COVID and all of those things, uh, all those regulations that the NHL put in place to try and uh, make sure that these players were as safe as possible. Uh, they did a great job of that, but it also kind of detriments the team and team building activities and hanging out after games and all those things. So I think this is going to be a very important season for the St. Louis blues in that respect. So going off of that, this entire off season, I've said you cannot bring Vladimir Tarasenko back because 
he doesn't want to be there. And he's the locker room guy that's kind of uh, had controversy around him uh, when Ryan O'Reilly was named captain. Captain, it didn't, it sounded like Vladimir Tarasenko was saying some pretty choice words to his agent and didn't like that he wasn't named the captain. Uh, There's been talk that uh, Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz don't like playing on the same line as him for whatever reason that might be. Uh, So I think in terms of player personnel, it makes more sense to not have Vladimir Tarasenko on the roster this upcoming season. Now from Doug Armstrong's standpoint, and if you're just talking about asset management, it probably makes sense more sense to hold on to him, right? Because you're not getting the return that you're looking for. You don't want to retain any money. I think that's what it was reported. The most recent team that's been linked to him is uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. It sounds like they don't want to take on his entire contract and Doug Doug Armstrong doesn't want to budge on uh, retaining any. Uh, So maybe something happens and the chips fall where they may in that regard. But if you're Doug Armstrong, you kind of have to draw the line in the sand and say, hey, just because I want to move this guy before the season and just because this guy doesn't want to be here doesn't mean you can swindle me, doesn't mean uh, you can pull the covers over me and uh, take whatever you want from me and give me nothing in return. That's not how I do trades. That's not how this team does trades. Uh, and he's, I think he's kind of putting his foot in the sand and saying, hey, I have an opportunity here to make a statement for years to come for future negotiations uh, and make sure that these these other GMs know that they can't wait until the last second just to get what they want because I'm Doug Armstrong uh, and I'm the master of all trades. Um, the other question that I had, obviously it's been uh, a very active offseason otherwise for the Blues. Pavel Bukinevich is uh, now a member of the Blues roster. Uh, I'm hoping I pronounced that right. I think I did okay. And Brandon Saad, a, uh, a member of the uh, the Blues as well. Now, those are the two biggest probably, but with those two or any other move that the Blues have uh, have made this offseason, which is going to be the most impactful move that they made? That's a good question. I think Bushnevich right off the jump uh, is a guy that could potentially be a 20-25 goal scorer, maybe even 30, given the personnel that the Blues have. Uh, but at the same time, Brandon Saad, playing for the Blackhawks, playing for the Avalanche, uh, kind of having that. He's been around the Central Division, right? So he's he's played against these guys uh, for the majority of his career. So maybe he gives them a leg up against uh, opponents in their division. But both players, I think, are two-way guys. And uh, I think Saad was kind of the replacement for Mike Hoffman. Um, and I think when I, when I talked about identity, that these guys are uh, – the epitome of blues identity, especially going back to 2019's like two way players, grind it out, cycle pucks, get them in deep, uh, but also have the skill set and ability to score, but also have this, have the skill set to uh, bury guys into the boards, stand up for yourself, uh, throw, throw the gloves when you need to. So I think both of those guys fit perfectly into this system. Uh, both guys can contribute on the penalty kill uh, and defensively as well as offensively. So, as much as I loved Mike Hoffman and I feel like he would have been superb in uh, giving some more offensive power to this blues team. I think getting Bushnevich and getting Saad is kind of going back to the blue style of hockey that we know and love. And that could pay off dividends, especially in this prime pivotal season. Like I said, uh, the first season out of a kind of chaotic pandemic style season. So, 
Let's uh, let's flip it. I will. Uh, I'll put on the gloves, um, or I'll take off the gloves. I guess would be the better way to put it, and uh, put myself in the hot seat. We'll get some uh, some wild questions in to this lockdown wild, lockdown blues crossover episode coming up next. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th, Season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. That's the promo code NFL100 for basically a free refund. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, your online sportbook experts. Make sure you use that promo code locked on, and we'll be right back with today's episode. Continuing our special crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blues as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, Now we will flip it. And uh, Tommy, if you've got any wild questions that you'd like to ask, um, I will step step into the hot seat, onto the hot seat. Um, Go ahead, fire away, and uh, I will answer whatever you've got the best that I can. All right, so there's... There's one that's kind of at the top of my mind. I'll save Caprice off for a little bit later just because <laughs> that's a gimme. But uh, the most important question I feel like for me for the Minnesota Wild is uh, the center position because it does seem like you guys have kind of uh, been in conversations about Jack Eichel and there is kind of a question mark at the center position uh, up and down the depth chart. And we kind of saw last season with the Vegas Golden Knights that uh, center position is a very crucial one and one that can kind of uh, streamline you through the playoffs. And I feel like essentially that could have been one of the reasons that they had their downfall in the playoffs was because uh, their center position couldn't stack up against uh, the rest of the team. So in your opinion, uh, do you think the center position could potentially be a downfall for the Minnesota wild? And if so, uh, how do they address it and what are they going to do to fix it and get this team over the hump? So I actually have a really really intriguing theory on this that I have been uh, working on over the last probably week or so. Um, I did an episode just looking at kind of the depth chart for the wild um, in Iowa and such, and some players that we might see on, on this team, if there's injuries and, uh, and such to where they need to call players up. Um, And it led me to thinking that, you know, the center position, you've got Victor Rask as your number one center, quote unquote. Then you've got Jewel Erickson Eck. You've got Ryan Hartman will probably be playing center uh, again. 
this year and Freddie Goudreau, which, you know, you look one through four, it's not bad, but Ryan Hartman is not what I would call a, um, a center. I, I like him more as a wing. It just speaks to kind of the team player guy that he is to where he is willing to play center to try to take the heat off of some other guys. Victor Rask is not a number one center. Victor Rask is, and, you know, this is not a dig on him at all. Victor Rask is like a third or fourth center on a playoff team, like a your Tampa Bay Lightning or, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, teams like that. He is a third or fourth center on a team like that. So he's been kind of miscast here out of necessity because he does uh, play well with Kaprizov, but that center's position, as you said, it's not uh, it's not super inspiring, which led to all of the talk around Jack Eichel trying to uh, trying to acquire him and get him into the mix. But I present you a very very interesting case that I think will play out nicely this season. So you've got Victor Rask, who I just alluded to, on the final year of his deal, making four million this year. He comes off the books next season. You've also got Marco Rossi who was drafted in 2019 with the uh, ninth overall pick and is pegged to be kind of that center of the future. I am going to go on record and say Victor Rask will not be re-signed. Marco Rossi has the entire season to prove that he is ready to, to take that spot, whether it be at Iowa or whether it be him forcing his way onto the wild roster at some point this year. He will be the number one center for the wild next season. That is, I feel very strongly about that. And I think that's why we have seen the wild kind of back off on Eichel is because I think there are some strong feelings that Rossi can do that. If he can just take this season to kind of get himself back into playing shape, get some games under his belt, get ready to go, and then next year, it's his because the dead cap hits for Parisian Suter are starting to get closer, so they're going to need to have some guys on uh, very low-level contracts to fill some of those spots. So Rossi, I think, will be the Eichel B. The hope is that he can you know, be as good if not better than that. So I think we'll see him take that top center spot and do much better there than Rask did. And then at that point, you've got Rossi. You've got Erickson Eck as your number two center, which is way a way better fit for him. Then after that, I'm still banging the drum for Nico Sturm to get a lot of play at the center position. And then you've got Freddie Goudreau as well. So... I think if Marco Rossi can show that he is ready to take that top center spot, this center depth chart for the Wild looks way better. And I'm here to tell you, he's going to do it. We just got to get through this season, and once we do, he'll take that spot and he'll never give it up. All right, I hope so. He he seems like a very electric player. And Elite. I'd be really interested to see him. Uh, come up the pipeline from Minnesota. Um, but another guy I'm very interested in is Kevin Fiala, who I believe just side, signed a contract with you guys, if yes. I'm not mistaken, right? Um, 
So how important, because he's kind of fluctuated in his play. I feel like he did really well with Nashville uh, and he comes over, uh, maybe gets injured a little bit. I'm not really sure about his injury history, but it seems like he's just kind of been up and down. There's times when he's red hot and there's times when he kind of uh, seems to disappear. So how important is Kevin Fiala's play to the Minnesota Wild uh, and what kind of impact does he have on this team? Oh, it's it's huge. He's the probably he's the second scoring option on this team behind Kirill Kaprizov. And you hit it right on the head is he has stretches of like, you know, eight to 10 games where he may go super quiet. I am going to be really intrigued to see what that looks like this year, because while I think some of it can be attributed to him not having the best of line mates, I think there is an an, um, element to his game of kind of, you know, I'll use a Minnesota parable here. The Randy Moss factor, where if he's not like a super active part in the game, he kind of tends to tune it out and kind of tends to check out a little bit. But he will have stretches like that where he's really quiet, and then all of a sudden he'll have a stretch where he gets like seven goals in an eight-game span or something like that. The last, I think the last two seasons, he has just been white hot down the stretch And I think the bubble year, he had something like 14 goals in the last 21 games and something like 32 points overall in that span. So he's capable of completely taking over and dominating. It's just, I would like to see, as opposed to all of the butter on one side of the bread, I'd like to see it spread evenly over the whole thing. Like if you're making a grilled cheese sandwich and you just lob butter on one side of the bread... The whole stick. It's not going to work out. And so you got to like, you got to spread that out evenly to where, yeah, he finished the season with 20 goals in 51 games. I think it was, um, but I would say a handful, maybe even half of those goals came within like a handful of game span. So if he can be a little more consistent, and I think this is why the wild took him to arbitration this year if he can show that he can do this again or be a little bit more consistent or even take it up another level, then the Wild are going to want to sign him to a long-term deal. However, this backfires if he plays himself to where he is trying to get the same amount of money that Kirill Kaprizov is asking for. If that happens... This is a bit of a dicey gamble for Bill Guerin that's going to likely end up in him having to trade somebody to uh, to get Fiala into the salary cap, but that's something we worry about next off season. For now, we just got to ride the Fiala wave and um, hope that he has you know a twenty, thirty, forty goal season this year. If he does, back up the Brinks truck, baby. <laughs> All right, and then final question on Kirill Kaprizov. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on revolving around him. One. Do you think he's back with the team or do you think he goes to the KHL as he's been talking about? Personally, I don't know if that would happen, but I would love to see him back with the Minnesota Wild. I think the last time we talked about it, I was like, they haven't had a superstar in a while. It would be nice to see. Uh, Even if he's in the Central Division, it would suck as a Blues fan, but as a hockey fan, it would be great uh, for the state of hockey to have someone that's as electric as Kirill. But my second part of that question is, 
how good do you think Kirill Kaprizov can be? Because obviously, as fantastic as he looked and uh, as many highlight reel goals as he had, it is only one season, and we've seen people who win the Calder Trophy go on to have uh, a kind of a drop-off or mediocre seasons. Uh, and I'm not saying that Kirill Kaprizov's skill set is mediocre by any stretch of the imagination, but do you think he's as good as we saw in this one season? Do you think his projection is that of like Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, that level of superstar? Or do you think he's somewhere kind of in the middle, but can show flashes? Uh, what are your thoughts on Kirill and well, his projections? Again, same thing with Kevin Fiala is that Kirill Kaprizov had Victor Rask as his top line center, basically the entire season and still shattered every rookie record that have stood for this wild franchise in their history. Now that's not a, Overly long list. I mean, Marion Gabrick basically had all of the records up until Kaprizov came along. But it's the same sort of thing. Is like you wonder what level of competition Kaprizov would be able to bring every night if he had line mates that were of a comparable skill set. I think you would just unleash an absolute nightmare for teams to uh, to try to contend against if he had some players that were not super pulling the plow. Um, every time up the ice. And, you know, Matt Zuccarello is uh, is a good player. Uh, I'll Ultimately, I think, the like, the God lineup for this team, ultimately, I think, is Kaprizov, Rossi, and Fiala all in the same line, which, good luck if that's uh, how that ends up working out. But I have a quote for you from Ray Shiro, who is now senior advisor for the Wilds, and uh, I will do the censoring of this tweet um, so that we don't have to. Uh, when he was Devils GM in 2019 and Pavel Zacha, Zacha was threatening to go to the KHL, um, Shiro said, I don't give a bleep if he signs with the KHL or if he signs with bleeping Brampton. I don't give a bleep where. We hold his rights. So, having said that, if Kaprizov, even if he does go to the KHL, which I don't think is a legitimate option. The Wilds still have his rights until 2024. So, yeah, go nuts. Go play in the KHL. Enjoy a one-year hiatus or whatever. He's still got to come back here at some point, unless he plans on holding out for three more seasons. And in that case, I would have a hard time believing that he's going to get nearly as much money as he thinks he is trying to come back after three years off than he would by simply signing here, putting his time in, and being able to cash in free agency either here or elsewhere after the end of like a five- or six-year deal. So I think I think he is the real deal. To kind of circle back to the question. I think he is the real deal, yes. I think he can be really as good as you can imagine if he gets a center that has comparable skills and Marco Rossi will bring that to the table. I think he will end up signing here. I've kind of zeroed in on five years and somewhere around nine-ish million per. Um, And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see that get done here before the end of the month. I just, I don't think that was ever a legitimate option. It was just some window dressing by his agent to, uh, to try to speed up the process. And I think the bluff has been pretty emphatically called. If he does decide that that's the best for him, Bill Guerin's going to trade him. I will tell you that right now. If he doesn't want to be here, 
Bill Guerin will not keep him here. That's for sure. I want to remind you guys really quick that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com. You don't have to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for some of the parts at a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices are always reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And something else you need is Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. And they have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everybody. They've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. The world is your oyster with Built Bar flavors. And if you haven't tried all of the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to, eight cream, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Final segment of today's Locked on Wild, Locked on Blues crossover episode. And Tommy, we're going to finish today by just looking at kind of where we expect the Blues and the Wild to uh, finish up in the standings this year. Back to the Central Division, thankfully. So not as many, although <laughs> I looked at the schedule and uh, I think the Wild have just a ton of West Coast games to start off the year. So I thought I was going to be able to avoid that. No, Apparently not. No, not, uh, <laughs> not this year. But anyway, back in the Central Division, back in the Western Conference. And so we get to go back to uh, facing the likes of Chicago, Nashville, uh, Dallas, all uh, again here this uh, upcoming season. And so let's just start with the Blues. Where do you expect the Blues to finish up uh, in the 2021-2022 season? <sighs> That's a good question. I feel like a lot of it kind of depends on whether or not Tarasenko gets moved. And it's not even whether or not Tarasenko gets moved before the season. It's just like at all. Because I don't even if you move him at like the trade deadline or whatever, like I f still feel like that's too late because you want to try and get like that seven and a half million dollars of cap space or however much, if he does kind of the levy kind of breaks and Doug does decide to keep some of that money on the books. Uh, I, I think they're close to the cap currently and they would like to add a defenseman. That's not Robert Bertuzzo. So that, in the event that somebody goes down or someone's not playing well enough, your first answer off the bench isn't Scott Perunovic. 
who even though he won a Hobie Baker award has not played a single game in the NHL yet. Um, so for a team that's in the Stanley cup window, I think you would like to have a contingency plan in place and they can't do that currently because one defensemen are making too much money and two, they've got no money to spend. So I think moving Vladdy uh, could potentially kind of swing their season one way or the other. But I do think Saad and Bushnevich coming in uh, makes this team a lot better and probably better than they were last year. Even though you lost Jaden Schwartz, even though you lost Vince Dunn, uh, I think these these are high-impact guys. So I, I still think Colorado is going to be the top of the division, unfortunately, as much as it pains my heart to say so. Uh, as much as the Coyotes gave us trouble last season, I don't think they're going to be giving us a ton of trouble this season uh, because their offseason kind of kind of made it look like they were tanking. And now they might be lo- leaving Arizona too. So kind of a rough course of events for them. I would like to say that the Blues finished the division in second. That's probably best case scenario. I I would probably hedge my bets and say third or fourth is probably more likely, especially if Hellebuck has a Vesna winning season again. I think the Jets made a lot of moves that uh, could put them right back into contention, not only in the playoffs, but uh, – going deep in the playoffs as well. So it's going to be dicey. I'm not sure. I even Minnesota and uh, the blues just stacking up against each other. Like obviously you guys finished ahead of us last season, but I feel like the blues kind of had a good off season and uh, given the opportunity to build that identity uh, might hedge them and push above them in the standings this season. I would hope, but who's to say, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. I I hated the Blues so much last year because we there just was no way for the Wild to beat them. I don't I still have no idea how it um I have no idea how it's uh ended up that the Blues went, I don't know, what, 6 and 2 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah, I got to where I was like I don't want to play you guys anymore. But it's going to one of the teams that I think this comes down to most is Chicago. I mean, Marc Andre Fleury, as good as there is in the entirety of the NHL. Off of Vesno season, yeah. If That's he, great. if he struggles at all, that, uh, that could cause some problems. And I mean, Seth Jones making a lot of money if he doesn't live up know. to that. That's the biggest question mark for me because I think Marc Andre Fleury. I mean, at, at some point he has to kind of like fall off the age cliff, right? You'd think and like start so. dipping in production, but uh, he hasn't shown it yet, so who knows? Um, but I think the biggest question mark for me is Seth Jones because analytics wise, he's not what you write home about. But they did give him a ton of money; it was like nine and a half mil or something like that. So if if they give him all of that money and he doesn't produce for them uh, and isn't that kind of number one defenseman, I guess that they were looking for and looking to pay. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a lot of long nights for Mark andre Fleury. And as good as he is, even if he's playing at the top of his craft, which I expect he will be, which is why I hated to see him go to the Blackhawks. <laughs> but even if he's playing at the top of his craft, is he, if he's seeing 40 or if he's seeing 30, 35, 40 shots a night, at some point you're going to break the walls down. So. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's definitely one where if you kind of wear him down, he's beatable. And yeah. I mean, come on! Some of those games that he had with Vegas last year, like normal, you go- shake your head. Yeah, normal goalies don't do that. 
So I, I don't know. I, I would say the teams to watch, the potentially dangerous teams, Colorado for sure, although I'm real intrigued to see what the difference between um, Grubauer and Darcy Kemper is. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. Um, Dallas, we'll see. Um, you guys, of course, the Wild as well, the Blackhawks, I would say the Jets. Arizona is definitely out. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like you said, Winnipeg is a huge, huge roll of the dice as well. So it should be it should be a winnable division. The thing with this in the conference, that is another fascinating look as well. We'll just do that quick because you look at the Vegas Golden Knights and look who else is in that division. I mean, Seattle Kraken, we don't know what we're going to get. Roster-wise, doesn't look great, so they might not be good. I don't think Grubauer has the... Like I think Grubauer was was good enough and could suffice being on a team like the Avalanche and like playing for them because their defense was stacked. But I yeah. think if he's like your number one guy and you're looking to him to like pull teams to a win, I don't think he's that kind of goalie. You you then have Anaheim, San Jose, and the LA Kings. Some of those teams might rise to the occasion, but honestly, like. You could have more teams from the Central making the playoffs than the Pacific in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't shock me at all. So I will just. I also, I mean, I also wouldn't. I mean, the Pacific's kind of weak, so I also yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see the Seattle like rise to the top the playoff spot. Yeah, because yeah. their defense is loaded. I like their defense a lot. They're just gonna. They're just gonna be one of those mid two thousands wild teams who have to win every game like two to one. Or yep. have to hope, oh boy, it's 2-2. Can we get a third goal? Right. I have way too much experience watching those types of games. So it will be a, a very interesting season, to say the least. And uh, that's why we continue to uh, launch further and further into the off season because it is getting closer and closer. So that's, I think, all we've got, Tommy, unless you've got anything else you want to fire in here before we sign off uh i do want to say you can listen to us over at locked on blues if you want to get a little bit of perspective on the central division and your favorite team st louis blues Uh, i know you guys in minnesota love us over there (laughs) but i will also say that we are softly scheduling an interview with jordan Cairo coming up so even if you don't like the blues i think that's a huge interview to get and kind of anytime you get a player on uh, it's huge right so for sure uh, if you want to tune into that i would really appreciate it and um there's potential that i could be coming to minnesota for the winter classic Uh, i've got some family friends down there that were talking to me about it when they came back to st louis so uh if i don't see you guys at the Cairo interview maybe i'll see you in person That'd be sweet. We'll uh, we'll continue to try to iron that out behind the scenes. But yes, um, great stuff, Tommy. Thank you for joining today. And as Tommy did, make sure to listen to Lockdown Wilds wherever you listen to podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And you can find new episodes throughout the week, all off-season long for both Lockdown Wilds and Lockdown Blues as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.